<laughs> yeah, real casual. Like, that's a- <laughs> I guess with this episode, we wanted to do something a little different that wasn't really movie review type or news related type, but we wanted to just jump into something that was like, hey, these guys have been recording episodes for like 15, 15 episodes or whatever, and we don't really know that much about them. So one of the things we wanted to jump into was probably some of our favorite movies and TV shows, you know, just get a like, nice little general discussion on it. And so we have three movies lined up, and then we have one TV show. And then I think at the end we'll probably do a TV show we're currently watching and that we'll recommend to people. All right. So, Oscar, I think the list you came up with was really great. Uh, I definitely had to think on it because I didn't know what I was going to choose. <laughs> and I might change my options depending on how this episode goes. As we're talking, but... you're going to change your options. <laughs> you're you're going to be like, never mind. Too. Yeah. Like, I'm, still looking at my list of, I'm still looking at my list of stuff. And I'm just like, mm. I have at least, I have like three choices per category. So yeah, I'm going to just pick like, them. <laughs> if y'all have the same choice that I do, I'm going to just switch it. And it's going to be like, no one, no one has to know. No one has to know. Well, you didn't have to switch it. So the thing was, we have three categories for movies, one category mm-hmm. for TV shows. And we'll each go one at a time. And if one of us ends up having like the same movie, either we can change it or we can just discuss the movie at the same time. Because, you know, we may have chosen a movie for like different reasons. The hardest one was number one, the movie that inspires you. Like, I'm not easily inspired. I know that sounds terrible, but like, I've never like walked out of a movie like, I'm going to do this now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard. It was really hard for me to find one. And I still don't think I have one, but I'll say one for the fuck of it. Why don't we just jump into yeah. it then? So Let's we'll start with category it. number one for the movies. Who's going first? And since Oscar came up with the list, I think it's only fair that Oscar goes first. Yay. Okay, so um, a movie that inspires me. I thought of a whole bunch of movies that inspired me artistically, like in terms of their writing and their cinematography. Um, just something that inspired me to be a better creative person, uh, per se. And and the movie that I picked was um, The Shape of Water by Ooh. Guillermo del Toro from 2017. Uh. It uh, excuse me, no, I'll get go ahead, go ahead. it won <laughs> Best Picture um, of that year. So anyway, the reason I chose this movie was because I've been a fan of of del Toro's um, artwork for years, and and just from his storytelling is. He's kind of like a modern day fairy tale storyteller. So from the Pan's Labyrinth to the way he directed Hellboy, a lot of uh, his stories are very folklore heavy, very fairy tale heavy. And then with The Shape of Water, he's really giving us something that fits into the kind of, I don't know, it fits into a lot of categories. It fits into sci-fi, romance, fairy tale, a little bit of superhero, a little bit of historical fiction. You know, he was he he also had uh, some important social discussions coming from that movie. You know, like what it means to be someone who's mute or gay or black in a, in a society that clearly rejects you, and how you can you know use your otherness not just as you know it doesn't have to be a hindrance to you, and it, it's something that kind of evokes empathy in in other people you see who are being. Um, trod down so I, I really recommend the shape of water i mean i'm sure a lot of people have heard of it since it was academy award-winning film um 
of 2017. <laughs> Top that, bitch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- that film really, it just inspired me to be a better uh, creator in terms of the, the amount of genres you can cover in one film and the topics you can cover and, and just the overall creative vision of Guillermo del Toro. I really uh, respect his, his art form. Was there something in The Shape of Water that you kind of didn't really care for or something you probably would have changed? Because, I mean, from the way you described it, like it sounds like a movie that definitely deserves to be watched. And it's a movie that is, or it could be like a good conversation piece for a lot of people. Yeah, I think, I would say that the movie probably isn't for everybody. A lot of people are going to be turned off by the whole idea of having sex with an underwater sea creature from the Amazon. Um, but I was with it, you know, a lot of it is very, (laughs) excuse me, (laughs) Um, a lot of it is very high fantasy, uh, you know, and there are some scenes that you're just going to be like, what the fuck is this movie? What am I even watching? Um, but I think that's what makes it unique. You know, everybody behind the film wasn't afraid to kind of approach the subject matter. Like they, they kind of balanced the fine line between serious and, artistic and there was this one scene which i don't want to like spoil too much of it if you're really interested in watching it but there was this one scene that kind of looks like it was pulled straight from a musical and that's not something that you'd expect in a like a sci-fi movie but i really appreciated that scene and i really just i really like that movie i don't know it was it was really amazing um one thing i would say is uh i do wish that the gay representation was a little bit better like there was an actual gay romance too and not just homophobia but it was i understood the the purpose of it and and the reason why it was there i think it was a great uh movie nice. overall i like that so you're saying for you're saying for the musical scene was it kind of like jarring or did it ease its way into it and the only reason why i ask is because i remember the first episode of Legion where they kind of get into that Bollywood scene and it kind of, yes. it, it kind of just took you out of it a little bit, but you were like, okay, I'll, I'll stick with it. See how it mm-hmm. goes. Is it kind of like that? Or is it a little more smooth? So I feel like it, it's very, it's very out of, out of nowhere a little bit. Like you don't expect it, but there are hints placed throughout the movie that lead up to it. So you understand the character who's quote unquote breaking into song. You understand the purpose of the song and you under- and the song itself adds another vibe to it and it's just and because it is like a sci-fi romance it you're supposed to be falling in love with the character at the same time and what better way to do it than with music uh, i think the transition for some who are expecting like this nitty-gritty noir sci-fi alien thing it might be off-putting but if you're looking at a I mean, there's just not that many people who are looking for like a romance with an alien creature from the amazon but I think if you're looking for that kind of movie, it's amazing. And and one best picture. There are a lot of people yeah. who want this. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like it, it's off putting to some people to think about the the concept, you know. Um but I think the way they blended in those genres is is pretty masterful and that's probably why it won best picture was because I've it was just a dance with a fish before, but Exactly. Said, like, After that movie stunning. I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> it did win it, it Best Picture, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, man. Dang, I really have to watch it now. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, my there, God. There's a lot of... See, this is why I wanted to do this episode. <laughs> because I feel like... <laughs> You're I making a like list God. on the side. <laughs> I have a whole list. I have over 70 movies on my list that I need to 70? watch. 70? Yes. All right. Well, you better get watching. Jesus. 
Well, let oh me go God. second because that looks like a hefty list. <laughs> um, one of the movies that I picked was, I don't know if it's as compelling of an inspiration as Oscars, but I watched um, this movie called, um, what's it called? I forgot the name of it. House, you didn't write it wow. down? No, I didn't write it down. I got it in my head. House of Flying Daggers. <laughs> Clearly you don't. Clearly I do. House of Flying Daggers was one of the first international kung well kung fu. I don't wanna I don't I know there are people who prob well, maybe people listening who are a keen on that, but it was one of my first kung fu movies alongside uh uh hero. So after watching Mm. those, I was inspired to delve deeper into this genre. And doing so, I found a very deep love for it. I love kung fu movies, and I don't let anybody not know that about me. Because <laughs> <laughs> as you all know, I love kung fu movies. Because I like the artfulness. And like if you've ever like looked at some of like the fighting breakdowns, like one of my favorite people to watch of how they do their stunts and their choreographies is Jackie Chan. He is so good. And he does all his own stunts. He's really cool. And he, like, helps them, like, watching them, like, figure out what to do. And, like, every hit, especially, like, the one shots, like, Tony Ja, who's from, um, um, I think he's from Thailand. And he does Muay Thai. And it's a, it's a fighting style that uses your elbows and your knees, essentially. And, you know, like, he would do, like, these one shots of them being athletic. And, you know, watching them and watching, like, Tony Ja and Donnie Yen go through these these scenes and then watching them do this and break it down it was just like really good so I, I got more into the culture i saw how you know there's a difference between performance performance arts and entertainment arts and actual fighting <laughs> they're all different <laughs> um like you know jackie chan doesn't he's not special in like actual kung fu fighting like he'd probably get his ass handed to him but you know as far as performance goes he's great and the choreography that goes into it which is one of my biggest things in anything is choreography uh-huh. so i hate the current star wars films but the uh <laughs> the, choreography, <laughs> the choreography of fights i really Ooh. love like if like you guys sat in movies with me if i see somebody do like a flip kick punch into a jump curl <laughs> tumble saw i will fucking flip the fuck out <laughs> you know it's really it's, it's just it's just fun to watch and I think it's just cool, you know, because you it's an out of a body experience because it reminds me of video games in a sense. It's an out of body experience. It's like, whoa, imagine if I could do that, you know, or damn, yeah. look at him. He's fucking cool. You know, you know, you just kind of just step out, you know, all your worries go away. You know, you just you just step into this realm of enjoyment. And that is just love to me. So that's why I love Kung Fu movies. That's why I'm so into fighting and choreography and shit like that. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that's what yeah. that's what catapult. Even though House of Flying Dark is really bad. Now that I go back to it, it's not even close. <laughs> it's not even close to the top of Kung Fu movies in my list. But the story's yeah. convoluted. There's a lot of fucking dumb mechanics. Is is not a good movie. I wouldn't recommend watching it. <laughs> However, at the time when I was younger I loved it. And I was like, whoa, he's blowing away millions of arrows by swinging his wrists. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not even remotely all right. But well, yeah. I mean, if it's a movie that got you into it, if it's a movie that got you into a genre, then. Yeah, that's what even I'm saying. It, not, inspired, it inspired yeah. me to jump into it. Like, I, even, I went far back before the movie came out and I went far ahead 
to you know to to future titles like I've gone down to injure the Shogun which came out in like 1965 <laughs> yeah, and it's really bad but it's cool <laughs> it's really cool I just I just like watching them to see like and then like did you guys know that they have like they have like like not like a register but like a, a like a book of like common choreographies or common like moves that you can do and they'll like trade them throughout the different kung fu movies in Asia. Did you not? Oh, I know, right? No, I, I did. I did not know that. I, I've never found wow. any because I'm not that attentive, and I really don't care to. But <laughs> they do. It's really cool. I forgot what it's called. It's pretty yeah, cool. So. Did you ever try any of these moves yourself? Of course I did. What do I look like? <laughs> and did you succeed? So what I used to do when I was younger. And I was home alone. <laughs> well, not home alone. I had my brother there, but on like you know summer days you know you know, in the summer i would unscrew the bottom of the broom and use it as a staff and like do fake of course and it with my brother and we just like yeah yeah you know so and star wars was really big for me doing that too like star wars like we're not going to get into it cause, but it's bad i did better choreography in my living room than star wars did ah! but wait which star wars the recent ones all of them exactly <laughs> you know which ones i was talking about yeah, the people be trash in the prequels, dog, but they had the best choreography out of all of them. <laughs> what, did I say? what did I say in that Star Wars episode? What did you say? Everybody hates the prequels, but a lot of the stuff that we love now came from it's the prequels. what pre- I'm saying. Came from the prequels. Like, I mean, like, everybody's going to cry tea. about something, so this tea is cold. What's <laughs> Go ahead, Josiah. <laughs> what inspires you? <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about this question, and... I was, it was, I mean, it was really difficult for me to come up with a movie just because there were so many, but nothing was coming to mind. And so I finally landed on Man of Steel. And yeah, it's a Superman movie, so I'm kind of biased. But I knew it was coming. I knew I it was coming. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to I thought he was going to say that one. But if, what you mean? For further down the list. Yeah. No. I thought it was going to be at least number two. Number two? No, it was number one. Okay. So the reason why I chose this one is because, well, the whole reason why I'm into like comics and DC stuff and all that is because when I was a kid, my dad introduced me to Superman on DC side. And then for Marvel, it was the Fantastic Four. And so I've always been around the character when I was a kid. And I watched the old Christopher Reeve movies from the late 70s and early 80s. And then I saw Superman Returns from 2006, which is not the best that Superman movie. I, I saw it. No, that, that's a rough movie. Oh yeah, it, I he needed some cocoa in he that need movie. Some milk. Like, let's just... I watched it. I watched it. Yes. I can't deal with that. So, just FYI, there's this fanfic of this girl. What was her name, Josiah? Iron Irrelevant. Spike. Iron Spike. Oh my god. So the only reason why I'm talking about her is because she blocked me and I said nothing to her, but that's fine. Just <laughs> a little drama going on in the nerd spice. If you're listening, Iron Spike, I don't know what I did, but I just thought your fanfic oh was funny. God. That's oh it. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'm not. Even, I'm not going to get. We it. should read it at the end of the we're episode. Let's read it. No, let's we're read not. the fanfic. <laughs> we'll read it out loud. Yeah, I chose Man of Steel because after Superman Returns, I kind of fell off from Superman, like in general. And it wasn't until I want to say around college or something. I forgot when I watched it for like the first time, but I just remember watching it and seeing it and realizing it wasn't a typical Superman that everybody is used to. You know, this one's different. 
he's like a hobo for like the first act or whatever and he's like traveling across the country and then you get into stuff with Lois Lane and you know you have her but then you also have Ma Kent and Pa Kent and Pa Kent is definitely different from his comics interpretations and his movie interpretations and then you still have things like you know Clark still being there for people and he wants to be himself, but he feels like he doesn't have a place in the world because he's not from that world. So you have bits of Superman in there, and then you have things that are totally new. And I know it's controversial because, you know, a lot of people don't really consider it the best Superman movie. Yes. I would say it's a really good one. It's definitely high up there on my list. And mm. that's probably because a lot of the other Superman movies are really bad. <laughs> like, even the 80s ones like superman 3 and 4 are really bad and then superman returns is like right there too yeah, nobody even talks about them exactly. <laughs> and the funny thing is people who don't like man of steel are like we want superman to be different and the superman they describe was in superman returns and that movie was bad so it's like ouch i don't know what you want but they don't, they don't really know what they, they want they don't want anything they want to complain <laughs> yeah. and to complain the reason- content <laughs> But the reason why this one inspired me the most is because it was different, but it allowed itself to explore Superman in a totally different light. And, you know, being a creator and a writer and stuff, I feel like characters should be able to explore or they should be explored by different people. You know, they should be able to have different sides of themselves, you know, shown. So, like, in the original Superman movie, you get the classic, you know, Boy Scout. Yeah pretty very much the 30s version of that superman but with man of steel you get somebody who's in a post you know he's in a he's in a post (laughs) 9-11 world you know he's in a world that deals with immigration and racism sexism all this stuff you know that's surrounding him and you have yeah he's in a modern world and you have stuff like that in the movie like in a scene where he's working at a bar and this guy sexually assaults a coworker who I think he's like in a romantic relationship with at the time. And, you know, he handles that by tossing the guy's truck on like some poles or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you have things like that. This is a different Mm -hmm. Superman for a different time. And one of the main reasons why I like it so much is that it allowed Clark to be more than just a boy scout. You know, I feel like you can show Superman in a movie, but if you allow us to explore the man behind the Superman, then I don't know. That's really special. And so one of the reasons is that the title of your essay, the man behind the (laughs) Superman. No. And it's, I mean, it's there in the title. It's like the man of steel. Like it's not titled Uh Superman. You know, you're supposed to explore the man behind it. And so that's when it, Oh, I never thought about that. It inspires me because as a creator, I feel like, you should be able to explore different sides of a character and not just be one note, but also watching Clark go through his journey and feeling like he doesn't really belong. He still overcame that and took the wisdom from his parents and also the people that he encountered, such as Lois. And, you know, he prevailed at the end of the day. Yes, he did. <laughs> so it inspired I mean, you to jump in. So what did, yeah. so what did it inspire you? Did it catapult you into the comic universe or was it, or was it what, what did it inspire you like or just inspire it your, like directive take to look at characters in a different light right. and to accept some more human sides of them maybe or? yeah so character it's like pieces it's, I love yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's definitely it's definitely a character piece i'm saying it inspired me to explore myself as a writer oh, damn. and not just stick to something <laughs> i'm saying like it, it inspired me to explore myself as a writer and not just see things 
for face value to dig deeper into stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they dug deep into Superman and they did an angle that nobody was familiar with Dang. or nobody was expecting when so they saw, saw it. So saw Man is Steel in 5D. <laughs> it came right back at him. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, yeah. I like the movie. And like I said, I know it's not everybody's cup of cocoa, but... They were... Uh- <laughs> Oh, shut up! <laughs> I, know, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but they were mad I was about it. Yeah, they were. So many people were mad about yeah. it. But yeah, if there's anything I could change about the movie, so I'm assuming everybody's seen it. But if you haven't, Pa Kent obviously dies because he dies in a lot of the comic iterations. And mm-hmm. I was fine for the most part with the way that he died, but I always entertain like a different type of idea, but it was probably really bad. So what's the idea? So you know how in the movie he dies through the tornado? Yeah. Well in the comics, normally he'll die from like a heart attack. And oh. yeah. I probably would have kept the scene of them driving and arguing, but then I probably would have had Pa Kent have a heart attack while he's like driving. And then again, oh. like a minor accident, not anything fatal, but something to like knock yeah. them out. And then Clark has to like try and rush to get him to the hospital. And he gets into the hospital, but ultimately he dies anyway. And then Ma Kent comes in and Clark has to like deal with, you know, not being able to tell his father that he was sorry for what he said. So that was Wait, one- a car accident that knocks Clark Kent out too. Because <laughs> that must that. be some, no, some he said he was gonna big ass him. car accident. Uh, a fucking world (laughs) (laughs) i told you the idea was really messy but you have to find some way to know oh wait everybody got kryptonite it's kryptonite dashboard he gets his head on it (laughs) kryptonite dashboard he knocks his head on it he gets knocked out what what i like about that idea is that it's like Clark has to acknowledge more of a of a sense of mortality that there are some things he just can't stop like a heart attack you know, death comes for you regardless. And even if you have all these amazing powers and you can fly all over the world in a second, you're not going to be able to stop death when it's, you know, someone's time to go. So I think that that could have been a little bit less controversial than having him die in a tornado and telling Clark not to save him. Because I know a lot of people had issues with that. And they're like, he could have just flown into the tornado I mean, and saved the day. And I've, but... I've heard... <laughs> I've heard and read <laughs> analyses of that particular scene, and I understand why they did what they did. So, like I mm-hmm. said, I'm fine with the scene. I just like entertaining my own ideas because I like writing. So, it's yeah. Like, and I know a car accident is probably not the or, best or scenario. Or take even a stab at it, not have him die at all. Ooh, ooh. But I mean, nah, he's that's gonna die eventually. <laughs> <laughs> nah. He's gonna die eventually. But yeah. That's my movie, Man is Still. I, I can, and if you don't like it, it that's I'll, whatever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's fine. Oscar, what is a movie that will always comfort you? Moving in the okay. category. What makes room. you warm and fuzzy, yes. man? What makes you like lay in the bed and be like, mm. So this movie is a movie I saw when I was younger and I didn't really understand it and I didn't really understand what was going on. It's in um so it's princess mononoke by miyazaki that is a warm ass Uh, film (laughs) and yeah you know i watched it when i was a little kid not understanding what the fuck was going on but i i loved the 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 painting and the scenery and just the animation you know as you do with a lot of miyazaki films um but then i rediscovered it when i went to college and i was just uh i was living 
in a house and I was kind of living on my own, even though I had roommates, but you know, I was living on my own. Uh, and that <laughs> no, was the, <laughs> I was living on my own, No, you <laughs> even though I had like 10 roommates wandering around. No, I, I definitely um, understand what Oscar is saying. <laughs> yeah. You know that feeling? I get it, but I don't get it. You can live with people and still be by yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're away right from now, your family. You're away from your family, you're away from people, you know, and you're just surrounded by a bunch of people um, that you're not really that close with. And I I popped this movie in, you know, I picked it up at like, I don't know, some some movie store. And then... You mean this was before Netflix? Blockbuster? I mean, it's not on Netflix. Have y'all tried finding this online? I cannot. I don't search movies. Yeah. But anyway, I, I played it when I was in college and it really comforted me just going back a little bit into my childhood and then understanding the film and understanding what was going on. I also just had a greater appreciation for it and for the script and the story and the plot and, uh, the complicated characters and stuff. I, I, I really grew to, to rediscover an appreciation for that type of film. Um, when I, when I rewatched it and it, and it, you know, whenever it's like a rainy day or something, I might watch that movie and just, just play it to to have that atmospheric environment around yeah. it, you know if if i were to change one thing about it i don't know i i would say um i had issues with with a bit of the pacing in some points it was kind of slow at points and then it goes kind of fast in others and then slow but i think that also adds to the kind of dreamlike quality of the movie itself is that it has that alternating kind of there are scenes that are very long and drawn out and beautifully drawn and beautifully and beautiful scenery and then there are other scenes of just kind of violence and darkness and smoke and stuff so i think it all mixes well with each other uh with itself and it, and it is one of um i think it is my favorite studio ghibli oh, film thanks i haven't seen a, I, I haven't seen a lot of studio ghibli films but i know mononoke is Have one of the really higher up ones no the only one i've seen is Pocoroso. Okay. I think there's one on Netflix right now that just is that studio? I don't know if it's a, it's a really good. It's really good. Yeah, do you know you know what I'm talking about? I, the Witch's Flower? One, I don't know if it's Studio Ghibli. I it's you know what? You should if you're if you want to get your little animation Studio Ghibli fill, watch that movie on Netflix, Mary and the Witch's Flower, because it's pretty good. Um you know, it's not as good as Princess Mononoke. Oh, so you didn't watch that one then? Subject that. to opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but it is pretty good. That's good. I like that. So, That's so a really good. warm film. Mm. So what about you guys? Mine. <clears throat> Do you have a list for this one? Or this, no, I have oh. I have this one. This is one. Well, I could probably think of some other ones. But when I think warm, I thought this. And I was like, yeah. My warm film is very common. It's very popular. And it comes around Christmas time. A Christmas story. Oh. Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> that, you said Harry Potter warms me? The only thing I get Harry Potter one boils because I want J.K. Rowling to roll <laughs> down the hill. Pause. Do you know which of the oh, no. Harry Potter movies is the warmest? The first. No, the last one because that's when it ended. You said what? Prisoner of Azkaban because they went to Hogsmeade and it was winter. And plus, that movie oh. is really beautiful. But anyway, you can keep going. A Christmas story. <laughs> a Christmas story. Man, <laughs> like, this movie has been coming on since I... 
This, this, they play it on. This, they got a marathon. This movie has had marathons and has been on CBS or whatever <laughs> for like since I was like what eight five. I've been watching this movie every Christmas, and it's just like we get together. That's when me and my brother got along because we fought a lot. Me and my brother got along, and me and my mom yeah. was like. Me and my brother will watch that before we go to bed. Open presents. If that doesn't tell you what warm is, getting free gifts after watching a nice movie, it's, really, it's, it's just it's just a really, really like wholesome American family film. And I know that sounds scary in this day and age, but <laughs> it was a nice American. Film. Is that scary? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what I would change is I would add a little bit more ethnic flavor, you know, put a little seasoning on the chicken. They need some black families yeah, but across it's like, the street, maybe add a little side story. It's like based on this old man's life in the 50s. Uh, so. uh, maybe not. But <laughs> they would have maybe to do a, a lot of ethnic things. But, you know, may- why, haven't they, why haven't they done a reboot of this movie? You want a reboot? No, I don't. You want I don't them want to do a one, reboot with some weird? musty Wouldn't ass they have Disney? Done a reboot or something like this? That would bring money. That sounds like People something would... Disney would do, and I'm not here for. <laughs> I mean, that Christmas is a cool... story reboot. That yeah. sounds like it should have happened, but it didn't. Who would you get? Maybe because would you get, would you get a nice little black family? Would you get an Asian family, Latino family? Would you want a Asian <laughs> Wait a minute! Yes. This is a nice, wholesome American film. I don't even think the person it's based on would want that. Okay, is <laughs> it, is it based on a okay? Story? He had his time. But yeah, no, Christmas stories makes me warm because it's like it's snowing. They're going through these shenanigans. He shoots his glasses off. He gets his tongue stuck on the pole. The most iconic scene ever. Get the tongue stuck on the pole. Y'all know that? Yes. Uh-huh. It's a Christmas yes. story. Yes. So, a Christmas story. Yes. Do you know it? Yes. And, the, and they didn't even have Christmas dinner because the turkey. They had to go to the Asian duck place. And they were, that was a really racist scene. Also, there scene. were minorities but, in there. Yeah. That was a really racist scene. But. <laughs> it was a racist scene. Well, was yeah. it really racist? Yes. I, I don't know. Was, you know yeah, all those about. movies I mean, back then. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't as bluntly racist as it is, but America's slide with their shit. Well, not really too much anymore. But, mm-hmm. you know, overall, what is not the movie itself, I guess, it's the memories that come with it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that come with the movie. Me and my brother chilling. Me and my mom. Y'all want to watch a Christmas story? Yes. We eat some cornbread. We added the ethnicity to that movie with our cornbread and fried <laughs> chicken. And it was just, it's just, it just makes me feel warm. Just imagine like all your lights in your living room are dimmed and all you have is the Christmas lights. Mm. And your family's on the couch with some cookies watching Christmas story. American nice. dream, people. Mm-hmm. It does sound nice, don't it? So that that's what warms me. Yeah. What would Dang. I change? I already, already said what I changed about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what would be nice to make it even better? What? If you add hot cocoa. Don't say it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say yeah, it. I don't even so know why annoying. I didn't even think of that. Yes, we have hot cocoa <laughs> with the mini marshmallows. <laughs> yes, aren't your mama syrup sitting on the table from breakfast in the morning? Oh, I'm, my going, oh my God. I'm going a little in-depth with it. <laughs> You're having you. Christmas memories in your eyes right now. Yeah, I haven't you see got a little Christmas, Christmas glisten. I was 16, but... <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm not even lying. <laughs> I, you keep track of things like that. That's so sad. <laughs> nah. <laughs> you know what your Christmas present was? Life. 
Like, I didn't ask, honestly, if we're going to be completely honest. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah. All right. Let me see. That was dark. So, <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I want to keep that in or not. <laughs> uh, so, I was going back and forth between two movies for this category. And I think I'm confident with my choice. So the movie that always, or the movie that can come from me, I'll say, is Treasure Planet. Oh, Ooh. yes. And I remember that movie. I say that, so I'm choosing Treasure Planet, but I was going between Treasure Planet and Back to the Future. But I say Treasure Ooh. Planet. Yeah. I say Treasure Planet because, you know, I like science fiction and it felt like a little bit of fantasy thrown into. And I really like mm-hmm. the entire aesthetic of that movie. The movie gets no... I mean, it gets love, but it didn't get the appreciation that it deserved. That movie whole, and Atlantis. There's yeah. a whole conspiracy theory about. Um, it's not a conspiracy theory, but about Treasure Planet, and it's that the the two creators they wanted to do Treasure Planet from the beginning, but Disney was like, nobody's going to watch a movie about space pirates, so they made them make other movies instead. So they ended up making, I think it was Hercules, Little Mermaid, Mulan. These are the people who made the the Renaissance era Disney, basically. And then Disney was finally like, okay, you gave us some bangers. You gave us some great movies. I think they were The Lion King, too. I don't know. (laughs) Don't quote me on any of this, but just know that they were like, these two guys were like up there. They were making these kind of movies, like Little Mermaid, Aladdin, the the great movies. And then they finally got the money to do Treasure Planet. And they had spent so much money doing like little 3d sequences in the movie that you might not notice, but there's like 3d um, CGI in there and Disney just decided not to market it as much as other movies. They decided not to put any money into marketing. They didn't want to do anything to do with it because they just thought it was too out there. Too experimental. Yeah. But they're like, you know what? We, we promised you can make your little space pirate movies and you made it and it flopped. (laughs) And they're like, it, it flopped, flopped because, because you. you didn't market it. <laughs> exactly. Like, you didn't market it. You didn't endorse it. Is it in Disney it World? No. <laughs> One marketing video ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, don't quote me on this, but look into it if, you, if you're more interested as to the whole Disney relationship with Treasure Planet. Um, it's just interesting that it's not even in Disney World or anything. They yeah. have no, no toys for it, no figurines. They don't advertise it anymore. Yeah, but I feel like that guy's hairstyle was bomb too. Yeah, it was. It was a nice little, it was a nice little cut, nice little mullet ponytail combo. And I feel like it was cheating <laughs> a little bit because it's a movie that comforts me, but it also inspired me. Like as far as like writing and the type of genres I write in, it's part of that category for me. Did it comfort you more than it inspired you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It just makes me feel good you know because it's like you have you have jim and he's mm-hmm. with his mom and his mom is a single mom you know his dad went off to war or he went i guess he went off to war but he just never came back so jim is like this rebellious kid and he ends up going on this hunt for treasure because he has this map and then he meets the cook his name escapes me right now but one of the reasons why it comforts me so much is because you have that tender scene where jim is you know, he's a kid, so, like, he's going through stuff, but he doesn't want people to know. And the guy's like, mm-hmm. you know, you got the makings of greatness within you, and, you know, you can do what you put your mind to as long as you work hard and stuff like that. And then right after that scene, they go into 
they pretty much go into the musical cut with um, I'm Still Here by John Resnick. I think that's his name from the Google Dolls. And so you get that scene oh with like, his backstory and you see his dad leaving and stuff like that. And like as a kid, that scene is very sad. But, yeah. you know, you think about where Jim came from that and then it just makes you feel good because he ended up winning in the end. And then he helped his mom. She got her business back up and running. Yeah, it was really great. You reminded me of that movie. I remember oh that gosh. soundtrack. I'm going to go watch it That now. soundtrack was so early <laughs> 2000s. Honorable so, yeah, mentions. That's... Honorable mentions The Bugs Life. Oh, honorable mentions. Oh, my God. Let me oh, tell you. I was, Bugs Life is such a good movie. Let me tell you. All right? I don't even need to tell you. You already know. If you haven't seen Bugs Life, <laughs> I'm not even going to review it. I'm not going to say anything about it. Go watch it. Bugs fucking Life <laughs> is so good. And it is so slept on. Really also, speaking of bugs and of the same bug, ants slept on ants is really ants good is oh my god shit almost questionably better than bugs life so if you haven't seen um, ants please... is it questionable okay Wait, here you we think go it's here better? we go ants, i don't think i don't think it's better listen, but I... ants is more mm. mature than bugs life yeah. ants is extremely yeah. more mature than bugs life but bugs life is for the fun children that that's them. Them grasshoppers was coming with the fire, all right? They was Isn't not really jumping. <laughs> they're, they're about to commit genocide. Like, Yeah. <laughs> they were about to crush a man's skull with his foot. I they remember. They had some deep oh, concepts yeah. in there about, like, the grunts teaming up to overthrow them. You have to give them some yeah. leave. Like, they had, yeah. like, major fucking Strength cons- in numbers. They had major concepts in that movie. Wait, that was Bugs Life. Why am I thinking that's Ants? Yeah. Ooh, what the hell was Ants about? I mean, both of them have strength in well, numbers. Them, yeah. I remember Ants had a very gory, like, war gory. scene with giant oh, beetles. They were screaming blood. Yes! You remember, remember that? I'm thinking, I was traumatized. I was so put off by that it's movie. Great. I was a little kid it's watching fine. it. That was matured kid. the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. Mom, I can play mature games now. Give me Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> nah. I watch Ants. <laughs> <laughs> Ants prepare kids for Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, my oh my god! So that's my honorable mentions because those those make me feel warm too. Surprise! I was expecting a Toy Story from one of you. No, I mean you. We were Toy Story is cute. What it is, but yeah. what do I have to put on the list? Like Toy Story is good. <laughs> no, that was shade. Like, uh, there's a lot of movies that I could put in right. there, but it's just like, I have to see you how... have to pick the one. So I, I like I like really had to think yeah. about it. Yeah, Toy Story's good, but it's it didn't cross my mind as far as like comfort. Yeah. So let's go on to the last one. So this last category is what is a movie that you didn't think you'd like as much as you do now? Y'all gonna hate me? Oh, Oscar, <laughs> go ahead. Wait, I was about oh, to say. Wait, what? Okay. No, you said oh, go ahead, say it. Okay, yeah, you can go. <laughs> BBS. Really? Oh. Oh. oh I'm excited Ultimate edition. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into it. <laughs> yeah, of BBS course you're excited. was some booky. The theatrical release was some doo-doo. It was. Yeah. I don't want to hear it anything was. on it. It was trash. No, I agree with you. And then, and then my friends, my good friends in my podcast, introduced me to the real cut. <laughs> the actual uh-huh. cut that should have been released. The only cut. <laughs> That movie deserved those deleted scenes. Like, that movie did not get what it deserved. All right. They had some, <laughs> that, that, I, I hate, we've done a whole episode on this. I know, so I'm going to be very brief. Yeah. You've all heard this before. 
But and if you uh, haven't, we have an episode on it. It's one of our flashback episodes. <laughs> Promotion. Yeah, we got an episode. You can listen to our opinions yeah, on yeah. that. But but no, like you left out key ingredients. That's like cooking spaghetti with no tomato sauce. <laughs> All right, that's like making macaroni and cheese without the noodles, just cheese. Ew. I'm just saying, Ex- exactly right. Did not everybody say ill in that theater? Didn't they? Mm. Rotten tomatoes. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. And you know, you know what kills me about that? They cut it down because they wanted more screens in theaters, which I mean makes sense because you want money. But if people like the movie, they're going to pay right, for it. Exactly. Or, yeah. But then, but now. There's like it's the kind three of, hour Infinity yeah, War the cut three hour Avengers Endgame rumor where they're like we may have an intermission in between it and it's like of course they're gonna cut it down like everybody says oh it's like God. three hours but I'm saying like why not just put the whole movie in there you had Tarantino put out yeah. the hate week and they had an intermission in and between it that's a good concept like having an intermission like if you have a four hour movie like them blue avatars I wish they did have an intermission in the middle <laughs> I do not. let me tell y'all just real quick on the that side. movie wasn't even that long I, but it was tiring it was three hours plus change it was three hours yes, it was. i was tired <laughs> my real choice for movie that was changed because I, I just thought of bvs on the fly honestly but yeah. my real choice i'm gonna be this doesn't require a lot of thinking either was hotel transylvania i literally went in there okay. because i oh. felt like i haven't watched when hotel transylvania came out i was like i haven't watched a movie in a while let me go see a movie i looked at the list i was like this is probably the most likely like this is the most one that i would watch because they animated and I, let me just see how it is and I was like, whatever, it's going to be some half-baked children's and I was dying. <laughs> I was living for that movie. It was literally one of the funniest animations I've ever seen. I, I don't know why I resonated so much with it. It was just really good. So I'm excited for the sequel coming out. But Hotel Transylvania really surprised me when I saw the first one. I, was just, I thought it already I, came out. The third one. The third one. Or the second or third? No, the third How many one. movies? I'm the sorry for cutting you off. Yeah, I think it already came out. Whatever. Yeah, it already came out. But the first one. <laughs> You'll get to it. The first one. I was like, whoa, this is funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this is really good. And I didn't go in anybody. I went by myself. I was in there. There's a couple people in there. I remember it. I was dying in the back. I was... <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's the movie. Isn't it by DreamWorks? Yeah. I wouldn't change anything about it. Wait, is it DreamWorks? Yes. Yes, it is. I think oh. so. Yeah, I thought it was like the same people that did the little Minions Illumination Studio. I think Illumination is... Are they not under DreamWorks? Are they? Clearly, I don't know enough about these animated movies. It's Sony film. What the hell? Yeah, Wait, what? Oh, Fulfilled that makes sense. by DreamWorks? Maybe. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's Columbia Pictures. Huh. It definitely feels like a DreamWorks film, though. So it's not a DreamWorks film. Speaking of DreamWorks, Shrek, honorable mention. That's what I'm going to say. For a movie you didn't think you like as much as you do? Nah, for a good movie. Uh, just <laughs> honorable mention. Just throw it out there. We're just throwing movie names out there. <laughs> Oscar, you got a movie? Okay, so I was originally torn between two horror movies um, that I didn't think... I was going to like as much, but then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I came into those movies thinking I was going to like them anyway, and I did. Um, <laughs> and if you're interested, the horror movies were actually The Babadook and The Orphanage. I recommend you check them the out. Orphanage They're great or movies. The Orphanage or The Orphan? The Orphanage. The fuck is Not okay, The Orphan. Uh, the Orphanage is, is a Spanish film, so it's in Spanish. And um, 
but it's a pretty great movie. You can, you can put you can put the subtitles on. Anyway, anyway, anyway <laughs> my, my actual choice, my what actual choice right? for the movie is Lego Batman because oh. it was a movie. You know, the Lego movie came out, and I thought that was a hit. I I really liked the Lego movie, and then I was like, "There's no way they can make Lego Batman a great like they can't make a whole movie out of Lego Batman. What's there to be said that hasn't already been said?" And I think Lego Batman really touched on a lot of core ideas uh, about Batman, the character, and about his storyline that just haven't been really that you can't really address in other movies because this is so self-aware and it was funny and it was like breaking the fourth wall so you know they they really had you haven't seen the lego batman well you better get on it oh god (laughs) it was it it was it was such a like i don't know they're very heartfelt moments that Mm -hmm. where you could really like get to the core of batman and like his whole thing of being um ruled by fear and and his tragedy of losing his parents and stuff but i i didn't expect to to really love that movie as much as i did but i came out of that movie really after having a really great time and uh i really enjoyed the jokes and the script was fun and the action was there and it's a great little it's a great movie and even if you're not like to be honest yeah, I haven't seen Lego Ninjago or Lego Two, but yeah, all the Lego movies are bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Lego Two is really good. Um, Lego yeah. Movie Two is really good. If you're looking for a fun animated movie, you know, watch Hotel Transylvania, or you can watch Lego Movie mm-hmm. Batman Lego. Um, what's it called? Batman Lego Movie. The no, Lego, the Lego Batman. Batman Movie. You know what the fuck I'm talking about? It's that. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was pretty great and it surprised me. It was a, it was very surprising how yeah. fun it was. And it's it's not even just like a good animated movie. It's like a good comic book movie. So if you if you really love these DC comic characters, yeah, you can you can go in there and have a good time. Nice, Josiah. So I was going through my list uh, while y'all were talk- while y'all were talking because I was mm-hmm. like uh, I don't think my choice is good enough. But I actually landed on Do a movie. You? <laughs> but I actually landed. I actually landed on a movie, and I think, I think this. I think this really fits the question. So the movie I chose that I didn't think I would like as much as I do is Bumblebee, which is actually ah, recent. You it's, saw uh, Bumblebee. Yeah, I saw Bumblebee. You know, I heard really good reviews about it, I and I was too, like, I "Go him. you, it was, go you, it's Bumblebee." Directed, it's directed by the same guy that did Kubo. Into two Which things. is a very good movie. Oh, oh my yeah, God. that, that is movie a good movie. absolute sexual. And I think hmm. I think he runs Leica, which is the studio for Kubo and Coraline and, and Paranorman. the Missing Link. Why and Paranorman, you yeah. Bumblebee? You find uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, clearly That's he weird. did a good job. He did a good job, but why him? I just want to think but, of the selection process. So I have no idea. My whole Transformers history starts with number one. The first one, Ooh. I like that one. Shadow Take us back. Was it a good one? Was yes, it the he second? Was in it. No, I know he was. No, one. I'm saying he's in the first two. Yeah, yeah. And was it the second one that we saw in theaters that one time? Because we went for my birthday. We saw it was. It was a long back, time ago. You went too far back. I <laughs> can't believe that was a decade ago. That was a decade ago. I'm old. <laughs> I but don't we even went remember. To see, oh my god. I don't even think I was in the country then. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old it is. Oh, please. 
Were you? We went to go see. No, Oscar came in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar's in whole Columbia. So yeah, my Transformers history, I kind of fell off in the middle of the third one, and then I just <laughs> let it do what it did. It's trash. So it's really bad. But seeing Bumblebee, like, mm-hmm. the, even the way it starts out on Cybertron and you see the war and stuff, it's like, why were they not doing this from the very beginning? And mm-hmm. that war scene at the very beginning was so good. You're like, I don't even need to see Earth. Just have a whole movie with them just <laughs> in space. Just in space. But then he gets it on Earth and... How are you um, going to do product placement in space? How are you going to put Sprite cans on the tables in space? They don't you, can space. Look, you can make it look like a... <laughs> You can make it look like a constellation or something, or make it look like, like a con- <laughs> the sprite. Yeah, there's a sprite constellation. No, you know, you know how they did. You know how they did in a Lion King when Simba like fell and they made sex and in the sky. Like you could do. Something. Okay, that's S F X. Oh, I thought you was about to say they had a Pepsi sign or something. <laughs> I, was no. go, I was about to go watch this shit right now. I was like, no, there wasn't. But um. <laughs> So yeah, so you have Cybertron at the very beginning, and I'm like, man, this movie, it's starting off really well. And I was like, I hope the rest of the movie is really good. And then it turned out to be really good. Now, granted, it did follow the Iron Giant model a little bit. Like, it wasn't... That's extens- fine. It, yeah, I mean, but I'm saying, like, some people could be like, oh, it's just a ripoff, that's why you like it so much. But it's like, no, <laughs> it followed... I was about to <laughs> Tired of people. It followed, it followed the Iron Giant model, and I think it did really well. The villains, they were very small. They weren't, like, really huge, and it didn't need to be huge because it took place in, like, this one little city or town or whatever. And then it was 80s, and I know everybody's, like, doing 80s stuff, but I feel like for what they did, it was good. Like, they didn't hit you over the head with 80s, really. Is it the nostalgia factor I talked about a few episodes ago? Hashtag callback. Hashtag. Yeah. But (laughs) one of the reasons why I like it so much is because it's honestly the first Transformers movie that made me want to see more. (laughs) (laughs) And it's probably the last. It's probably the last. And that's it. Because it's probably the last one of its kind. And it's like, even just sitting there watching the movie, you're like, man, even just the way they designed the Transformers, you're like, why did you not do this from the very beginning? Because they you made looked, me want to watch it. It's really good. I mean, am I going to have to watch it? I'm going to have to watch it. I'm it, it, watch it's, it. I ain't even I gonna like, to go see it, Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going right now. Bye. Because <laughs> Jordan wanted to see it. And so we just chose a random day. We went up to the theater and saw it. And it was, I, re- I really enjoyed it. I might even buy it. That's how much I liked it. <laughs> Whoa! I buy serious. new Blu-ray. I might, I might even buy it because it was even really good. Pre-owned? No. You're gonna get the Blu-ray DVD. So yeah, that is my movie, and I think that wraps up the movie portion of this portion. episode. One TV show. This is hard. So let's jump in. Let's jump into TV shows. So I'm actually curious because I feel like one of us has the potential to have the same. Y'all already, know what show is. y'all already know what so it is. Wait, the question who, is, y'all already know what it is. The question is, what is a TV show that you can keep coming back to? Let's say it at the same time. No, no. that's confusing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I, I was ready. <laughs> Jamal, start. Yeah, Jamal, go ahead. Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. Of course. I actually that's why I didn't that. pick it, because I knew someone was going to pick it. Who, what did y'all think I was going to say? <laughs> 
I don't know. I knew you were gonna say. I knew somebody was gonna pick Avatar. I was like, I it's love obviously Avatar. The only choice. Everybody loves Avatar. I mean, I love it more. <laughs> okay. Why is this the one you chose? Because I keep coming back to it. That's the question, right? Do you have the water bending <laughs> symbol tattooed on your ass, I like I do? You'll never know. <laughs> I mean, I what might. About it? What about it? Actually, this probably isn't the show that I rewatched the most. The show I rewatched the most is an anime called Death Note. I cannot shake that show. It's so good to me. I still have to finish that. Just show. the first season, not the second season. I mean, no, no. I so have the for episode the sake show me, of individuality, me because I talk about Avatar so much, I'm going to go Death Note. I mean, everybody loves Avatar. You can that's just stuck with Avatar. It's fine. <laughs> I, yeah. That's why I said for the sake of, you know, let me do something different. Everybody <laughs> knows what Avatar is. Maybe people don't know what Death Note is. Death Note is an anime about one of my favorite genres. Oh, wow. Genres, which is mystery. Mystery is like top three genres for me. I love mystery. What you say? mystery? <gasps> Sherlock Holmes. All right, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is good, too. I didn't think about that one. But... Um, I really love mystery. Mystery and problem solving and puzzles and shit like that. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Watching the main character deduce through stuff is really cool. I like to see their thought processes. or And then just to even extend it to the creators. Like, y'all had to come up with this. Like, y'all great. <laughs> How many <laughs> minds did it take to like do this and stuff like that? But watching it all break down, like Death Note adds a dramatization factor of it. Sherlock is just pure taught me some things about getting rid of bodies and, and, you know it's just Jesus. you know it's just i like it like sherlock and death note tied like those are those are shows that i keep going back to because they're genres that i like and they do the genre so well i watch oh, sherlock i watch all of sherlock three times i haven't seen the fourth season but i need to watch it no you don't yeah me neither no you don't okay, okay. <laughs> you can skip the okay. fourth season you're good. Yikes. Yikes. And that is from the heart. You don't need to watch the full season. Do you have a favorite moment from either of those shows? Sherlock, the first episode. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first episode. Mm-hmm. That's when I fell in love with it. And that's the mem- that's the thing that's most memorable because somebody told me watching, I was just like, whatever. And I watched it while I was eating. And I was like, I am captivated. <laughs> He's deducing everything, and I'm just like, this is a really good show. Good job, Benedict Cumber Cumber Snatch. I like the way they take, or I like the way they took Sherlock and not only adapted it to a modern view, but even just the way that he deduces his scene. Yes, yes, you know, yes, like the you have visuals, you, the everything. Like I remember, Mind Palace. the first episode. Where he's like texting on his phone, and you see the words or the letters pop up, and then he's like thinking, and then it backspaces, and then he's like typing again. Yeah. Or even when he's like analyzing um, Watson, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, you know, you have something on your shirt," and it'll zoom in on his shirt, and then it'll look at like cat fur on the floor or whatever. Yeah, it's like, really just good. stuff like that. That's really, really good at visualizing the way people yeah. think. Oh, that's it's that's a very a visual game. show. It's good visualizing the way people think. I really like it. It's really good. So mm, that's my. Yeah. Those are my pick. Well, that's my pick. At least yeah. the way Sherlock thinks. Like <laughs> Sherlock was um, one of the shows that a lot of people have like praised for the way they they involve technology in their episodes. So like a modern day issue with um, with storytelling is like people are going to be telling their story through text messages and phone calls and stuff, and it's very hard to work with text messages as a visual medium in a tv show 
and I've seen most people take on the medium that Sherlock did. I'm not saying Sherlock pioneered yeah. it, but they have the text messages pop up yeah. next to the person's yeah. face and they see their expressions while they're texting. So that's that's a really good model. I haven't seen any other. Like you don't see the camera zooming in over their shoulder, like <laughs> Sherlock was one of the shows that people celebrated for the way that they they kind of did that they were kind of um revolutionary in the way they included text messages and phone calls which are a major part of modern day storytelling into their their visual dynamic um yeah yeah honorable mention american dad that's where they're going to because it's really funny (laughs) and it's really mature and it's very fucking great it's very great it's very very great so honorable mention american dad that's me go for it oscar Okay, so my TV show is kind of like a combination of all three categories. It was a TV show that why are you doing because I have stuff? to because um <laughs> so it's a TV show <laughs> I didn't expect I would like as much as I did. It's a TV show that's kind of comforting to me at times, and it's a TV show that inspires me to be a better writer and a better creator, um, just in terms of the stories that it tells and the characters that it. Uh, that it explores and it might be controversial because i know a lot of people have a lot of emotions about this tv show electro but it's no ew <laughs> it's <laughs> i know the tv show is lost Ooh. i love lost it was i i i didn't watch it during the live um you know when as it was happening i discovered it a few years ago on netflix yeah. and i fell in love with it i fell in love with the characters the stories the arcs the plot um it had some the mystery the the sci-fi the kind of lore a lot of it was so intricate and yeah the, it was and the amount of like characters that were in there and the, just the richness in a lot of the characters um i really loved it and there were some very emotional moments that i just remember to this day and i think about it often just that that, that uh, I don't know. It was a lot going on in in the last story, and I know a lot of people don't like it because because of the finale. And to those who don't like it because of the finale, it's because you didn't understand the finale. <laughs> you don't understand Lost. No, I'm just kidding. You can have your own opinions. Do you want to give but a thirty minute thesis on what that finale no. was about? <laughs> thirty minutes. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm so not going to give a thirty, 30 minutes. Minutes is not enough. But <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm just going to say a lot of people said they thought that. Everybody was dead the whole time, which is, you know, if you know the concept of loss, people stranded on an island after a plane crash. Um, and a lot of people thought that the finale said that everybody was just dead the whole time. But that's not what the finale was saying. It's You have to you have to really uh, pay attention to the last season to understand what was going Ooh. on. Um, exactly. <laughs> I just got really upset because people would be like, everybody was dead the whole time. Nothing, it was all pointless. And it's like, so what, you know? You didn't understand the finale, and even if everybody was dead, it was still a good story. Um, so it's a show I really enjoy. It's it's one I really like going back to sometimes as a reference for like storytelling and and, and plots. Um, that's why I was excited for for J.J. Abrams when he said he was he was going to be directing Star Wars Episode Seven, and then Episode Eight happened, and everything that J.J. Abrams set up died. And um, we'll see what happens to Episode Nine. Now that JJ's back on the realm, on on the helm, um, but you know he does have a tendency to leave mysteries unsolved. So I think that's just going to be he did that with Lost, and a lot of people were upset, and he might do that with Star Wars, and a lot of people are going to be upset still. Um, yeah, that's a TV show I really liked. It inspired me. It it really helped me go through a lot of character development, 
and a lot of different scenarios I'd never thought about, and it was very creative at the time. And of course, I love uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, of course. Everybody does. And if you don't, you're just wrong. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> or maybe they just right. never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> no, or maybe well, you've never I seen it. I was so baffled when I saw that post on Twitter saying they never saw Avatar The Last Airbender. They were like, there were like a whole 24. I'm like, about to jump into Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm like, what? But that's exciting. Oh, imagine jumping into Avatar The Last Airbender right now. Like, imagine watching it for the first time. For for um, for all the, the, the book nerds out there who like reading books and you're interested in, and you like Lost and you're interested in something that's kind of has similar elements to Lost, there's this book called Slaughterhouse-Five. And it has the same kind of idea of time travel as, um, who was it, Desmond has. So it's like Desmond yeah. could see... I think it was like future, past, present, and kind of going on. And Slaughterhouse Five is is the similar concept of being able to see the future, past, present. So if you're looking for a book recommendation and you liked Lost or you like the idea of time travel uh, and aliens in World War Two, read Slaughterhouse Five. I recommend it. I just dropped that in there because I got to give a shout out to that. Yeah. Did you have a favorite moment from Lost, Oscar? I think the one that um, sticks out to me is charlie's death i think that's which spoiler but like everybody fucking fuck it you know if you're gonna watch it he died back in 2008 if you don't watch it you're just and it's a pretty iconic scene but it just yeah it it just hit me hard because at the time because i wasn't expecting it and like i'd heard things about loss but i didn't know enough about it to know what happens and um that was just a scene that really impacted me but in the beginning uh, another scene that i really loved was was the big reveal with um john like in season one that uh okay spoiler but in season one that john wasn't wheelchair or he was wheelchair bound and then Mm -hmm. he um recovered the use of his legs on the island i think the way they navigated that through the flashbacks and the and the uh they they hide they hide that idea until the very end of that episode where you see that he's in the in a wheelchair and he's like you can't tell me what to do i remember that vividly and i remember just him yelling at at the people because he couldn't go on the safari ride because he was in a wheelchair and he was yelling at them like you can't tell me what to do or what i can and can't do um something like that but um (laughs) you know i remember it vividly (laughs) of course and that that just adds to the magic of it it's like yeah you know john gained the activity of his legs back on the island i think there was another character that couldn't die was that desmond or was it somebody else or it was like it was, it was either lot. Desmond. It was somebody. It was it was a lot going yeah. on. I, it's like <laughs> it's it's one of the reasons why a lot of people had an issue with it. It's because there was so much magic and stuff going on. There was time travel. The island moved. There was smoke monster, and then that smoke monster was a symbolism for a man who was a twin with another man. It's a lot. There was a um, lot. But you know what? Just strap in, enjoy the ride, and it's a great. Just watch it for the character drama. Don't watch it to try to solve everything. Don't watch it to try to connect like one plus one equals two. No, because that's not going to happen every single time. All of these mysteries aren't all going to be solved, and that's a lot of the frustrations some of the people had when they were watching it originally. Because yeah, like you mentioned, you know, you're watching one episode a week, so you're going to have a whole week to digest the episode and then pick apart each scene and pick apart each moment and think okay they did this so that must mean that this is going to happen and um the magic says that they can't do this and then when the magic doesn't add up there's frustration um 
but you know what? I understand that frustration. Just don't watch it to try to get answers for the, for your magic system. Watch it to look at a good character drama. Okay. Exactly. That's my spiel on Lost. My show that I haven't visited as much just because I've been watching other things, but it's a show I can always go back to and enjoy is Parks and Recreation. Oh, stunning. I love yeah. Parks and Recreation. And one of the reasons why I chose this show is because it reminds me so much of our own friend group. And I think I watched The Office before Parks and Rec. Um, pretty much what I'm saying is I like Parks and Rec more than The Office, even though The Office is a good show. Parks uh, and Rec is better than The Office. I can agree yeah. to that. It's fact. From the characters and then just the antics that everybody gets into, it just reminded me of my friend group, but also I connected more to the characters and I was more invested in their storylines. And the show felt cohesive after the first season, which a lot of people don't like. They say it's like trash. I recently went back and watched the first episode and I think I found myself laughing more at it because I already knew the characters beforehand. Mm -hmm. But, like, there was funny stuff in the first season. It's just when you're watching it for the first time, you're not really gravitating you're towards not, it. But once you yeah, get into you don't the know show. What to expect from it. Yeah, exactly. So once you get into the show, then you're like, okay, like, these characters, they're weird and they're crazy, but it the show was, like, really good. It reminds me of show. Really? Yeah. Just the dynamic of characters and their individuality. Yeah. It's really cool. I haven't watched the 70s show, so I can't really make that comparison. Oh my god, it's the 70s show. (laughs) It is. Parks and Rec is my choice. One of the reasons I love Parks and Rec um, is because, and this was like one of the reasons I started watching it, is because I saw like a clip of, of Aubrey Plaza and Chris Pratt, or you know, in character, uh, Andy Dwyer and I forget her name. Um, but anyway, they were, they were interacting. Oh, April. April. Yeah. And you could see that, uh, Chris Pratt's character, he's kind of stupid. He's kind of slow, but, and, and you can tell that they're together. They're dating in this scene. Um, but instead of insulting him, like in a lot of sitcoms where it's always the dumb husband and the smart wife, and she's always kind of snarky and like, like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with you? You know, she, she just says, I love this man. And she I'm embraces like, it sometimes. Like she'll yeah. look into the camera after she'll do it. He'll be like, "Hey, babe, you want some eggs?" And he'll put like a ham in the toaster. She'll be like, "Yeah, thanks, babe." And then she'll look at the camera. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that because you don't get that in a lot of sitcoms. It's always like, "Oh my gosh, isn't this man so dumb?" Like, ugh, like why am I even with him? And it's like, I don't know why are you with him. Love and marriage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But with this, it was like, I love this man. Like, she knew what she was getting into, and she loved him for it. And um, the relationships between Andy and April and uh, what's his name? And Leslie Nope, uh, Ben and Leslie. Ben and Leslie. Yeah, I love those relationships. That was one of the reasons I... I it's just... It. That show, it's that show is really great relationships. I mean, even Donna and Tom, like, treat yourself. Like, who <laughs> doesn't say that now? <laughs> like, I don't know anybody who was really saying treat yourself. Like, they might have said TLC, but you know, I feel like Parks and Rec really popularized that phrase. One of my favorite moments from that show was on the hunting trip episode. Oh my god! That episode. When Leslie accidentally shoots Ron, 
she accidentally shoots Ron and everybody's like freaking out. And Anne is like trying to help everybody because she's like a nurse and she just wants to make sure everybody's okay. And so Ron is like sitting there on the couch and he's trying to deal with it. And Leslie's like hyperventilating into her hat. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just hear Donna like scream. And so Anne's like Donna and she runs out the house runs out the cabin and she like runs over and finds Donna and Donna's like bent over over her car <laughs> and Anne's like what's going on and she's like somebody hit my car somebody hit my car no, she's like, yelling she's yelling my baby. <laughs> and so this Anna, and like, Donna is my aunt. I don't <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever laughed so hard to the point that I was crying <laughs> Until I saw that. And the only other show I can really say is The Office when they had the um, fire drill. And that's another. When I tell you I was in tears over that scene, like (laughs) I was in literal tears. And then when Michael told Stanley that he was black and he couldn't die because Obama was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And And then, oh, my God. And then they had the cat in the ceiling and the cat. Like, it was too much. But anyway, Parks and Rec is great. I love that show. Cool. Yeah. Guys, All I think right. that's the end of our so discussions. Oh, yeah. so many movies. Oh. It's been, I know, there's so much to talk about. We can so definitely. So many honorable mentions. There are a lot of honorable mentions. In your mentions. 70 list. There are your 70 <laughs> list of 70 items. I definitely have movies to go watch now. <laughs> so I guess as an outro for the episode is there a current tv show that you're watching now or that you've watched recently that you would recommend to people jojo's bizarre adventures stardust crusaders okay. <laughs> son oh y'all God. this is a guy named uh uh joseph joestar and he's the grandfather of this lineage dog I are you going through been... the whole summary i no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have been dying at the way because it's a heavily, you know, collaborated, you know, Japanese, English, American film. Like they have people from both sides, like working really close. So there's there's pop culture, American pop culture in the anime. Mm-hmm. Like they, they say like, oh, he looks better than um not Beyonce, that's too far fetched, but like <laughs> Earl Street, like they'll say somebody like that. Like um, I, forget, I forget who they use, but I was like, they actually used her name. I forgot who it was. But the way that he switches to English when he curses, because, you know, the Japanese language is, like, really restricted, so they don't have a lot of, you know, stuff that we have. So, he's just like, oh, shit! <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, oh, damn! He's like, oh, fuck! <laughs> I'm telling you, they have, a comp- they have so many compilations of it on YouTube. It is literally the funniest shit i have ever heard <laughs> he's so extra about it but that's not why i love it i love it because um it doesn't do a lot of things that traditional shonen animes do mm-hmm. which is the basic character who's very different from everyone else and he has this one friend who ends up being his, being his rival oh my god edgy edgy yeah stupid love you know that setup for shonen this is really straight to the point. Each character is unique and they all, you know, have these nuances about them that it's just so, it's just so good and it's so different. And the animation style is so different. I'm, I'm pretty sure they like 
because nobody copies this. And also another thing that I like is that they don't use, they don't like reuse their animations. Like everything's unique. Everything's different. Like, you notice how like you're watching an anime, you're like, hey, that was just from the last cut. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, they don't do that. They may do it like once or twice, but they don't do it as heavily. Like I haven't noticed any of it. Like I haven't noticed any animation shortcuts. So praise to the animation team for putting in the work. It's just a really good anime and it deserves its it's recognition for its quality. I need to watch it. It's on my list of anime to get through. Start with three. Start with, Start three? with season three. What's, you don't which need one season. You, you should watch season one and two if you want to. But if you catch yourself, <laughs> if you catch yourself getting uninterested amongst season one, season two, just get to three. Three's where it like really picks up in terms of enjoyability. I'll probably start with that, three. That's then. just opinion though. Uh, three's what I'm watching now, and I watch one and two. So one and two, I mean. Basically, it's a lineage of powerful ass niggas. <laughs> that's it. And each one, you go through a different one in the family. That's it. That's the that's the general basis of it. It's very very basic, but it's nice. a lot deeper than that. Nice. So that's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes. Start Oscar, do you have a show you're currently watching? I mean, currently, you look into? I'm rewatching Game of Thrones, and if you're not on Game of Thrones by now, you know, get on it. <laughs> but um. A show I do want to recommend. So I have two shows, uh, and and they're they're from Netflix originals. So the first one is Queer Eye, and I th- oh yeah, Queer Eye, exactly. And <laughs> <laughs> that's just a feel good show. You know, if you, it's it's one of the reality shows, one of the better reality shows that really just um, makes you kind of just pause and think about your own life and think about where you are and what you can do to improve yourself and just to. Give yourself that motivation because they're always talking about how you're a lot better than you think you are. You know, like you're a lot um, you can you can you have a lot more potential in your life than you're actually putting to use. And, and you can you can put yourself at a better place if you just, um, you know, believe in yourself, basically. So it's a very good feel good show. Uh, and, and it's got, um, you know, the cast of wonderful five gay guys who just change everybody's life. And I just love how at the end of every episode they're the better. Like, Yes, of course. At the end of every episode, these straight guys are always like, I never thought that five gay guys would be a blessing. And you're thinking like, <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, excuse me? <laughs> but whatever, you know, you know how straight guys are going to be. Um, and then another show, which I've mentioned before, is Haunting on Hill House. And it's a Netflix original. And I love it. And it's a horror show. And um, it's amazing, and it has a great story, and I love it. And the mom from Spy Kids is in it, and she's amazing, and I love everybody in that show. Um, yeah, you better get on it. You better watch it. Don't watch it in the middle of the night because it might get too scary. Um, oh, yeah. But it's a great show. If you're into horror, if you're into just non-conventional storytelling and family drama it's most it's mainly just a family drama so if you're into family drama that's your shit and it's got ghost stories and it's got horror and it's got jump scares it, you know everything it's got everything watch it nice and so, it's all on netflix haunting on hill house and queer eye mm-hmm. nice i think my show that i'll recommend it's not on netflix it's on amazon prime oh and it's the marvel <laughs> Don't do that. He's right. I mean, uh, I don't uh, even log in. Their website's no. How about Amazon <laughs> actually has good shows? Like, I bet they do. I know. I know it's not the. <laughs> I know it's not the first streaming service that people think about, but 
that actually has good content. And the show that I'm going to recommend is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. What? And it's oh, the I Marvelous see that on my Mrs. recommendations. Maisel. Oh, and I, like I swear you said pie. What? <laughs> I swear there's pie in there somewhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> so The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is about this. Um, It's set in the 50s, like mid to late 50s. And it's about this young girl. She's like 27, 28. She's married. She's Jewish. Her name is Midge. And it's her. she has a husband, and the husband wants to be a comedian, but he's not really good. And so her life starts going into shambles when her husband decides to leave her. And one night she goes to the bar that her husband performed at, and she pretty much does a skit, but like she's drunk while she's doing it, but people really like it. So now one of the um, employees at the bar who like manages it, you know, she's like, you know, she really has potential. So the show is pretty much about her becoming a comedian in like 1950s New York. And it's a really good show. The aesthetic is there. Um, it has the Jewish culture. So that's pretty cool to see how, you know, people have the Jewish culture and all that. Um, what? It's so cool to see how people have Jewish culture. No, I'm saying like, <laughs> not to, <laughs> I'm not singling out Jewish people. I'm just saying like, I like shows that explore cultures that aren't my own. And so mm-hmm. I really like how they yeah. handle that. And plus the music is really great too. Like, I listened to the episode and I'm like, I have to build a playlist off of that, but it's a really good show. And I definitely recommend it for anybody who wants to watch it. But yeah, those are the shows that we recommend. And I think this is officially the end of the episode. Hey everyone. Thanks for checking out the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you liked today's episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to the show to get the latest updates. We also encourage feedback and comments, so feel free to drop them wherever you're listening to us. And be sure to check out our Twitter at NerdSpicePod to find the show on other platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. We hope to hear from you soon.